Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. It seems like every day workers unionize another company, Starbucks, Amazon, you name it. They've all had little flurries of union activity. But if you look at the data, you might be surprised to find out that overall union membership in the United States is actually dropping. Uh, So what's the real story? This is another one of those where we have to get past the headlines and get into what's actually going on. And uh, Jared Skorup is the uh, Senior Director of Marketing Communications at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, uh, which is based in Midland, Michigan. And uh, Jared, you have a a great piece on this in terms of is it really a union boom, a union bust, somewhere in between? Uh, What's the real story? Where are we as it relates to unions in this country? Well, I, you hit it on at the head, which is uh, the anecdotes make the headlines, but um, often the media ignores the data. Um, and the data shows unions lost another 240,000 members last year. Uh, they've been on long-term declines. The private sector unions have really been on long-term declines um, at least 40 years, if not much longer. Um, but the thing we've seen in the last decade is that public sector unions, so representing teachers and school employees and police and fire and state employees, They've begun losing members, which had not happened um, previously. And both private and public sectors are losing members, and we're at our lowest unionization rate in um, at least 40-plus years. Uh, and where are we actually in terms of the overall workforce? Are we around 10 11 percent? Are we kind of in that range in terms of uh, union membership? Yeah, overall um, is – about 12 percent, um, and it's split evenly, about 7 million members in private sector and 7 million in the public sector. All right. And there's been obviously a lot of attention at uh, places like Starbucks and Amazon and, and Google and so on. Uh, and I've been dying to ask you about this because it, it's interesting uh, whether you think uh, unions are great or not great. Uh, it seems to be that, especially at the local level, it's been interesting with uh, with Amazon that it's been kind of these local things. It hasn't been the big national movement, uh, but just dealing with local issues seems to be a kind of a new space for unions. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, well, a lot of the the reason this is getting coverage is there are unionization attempts at these larger companies that are in the media, um, but you know, unionizing a dozen people at a Starbucks store. Um, that's not really going to move the numbers a lot, especially when those unions, uh, those members are coming in and out of those jobs very quickly. Um, so this is kind of like just lipstick on a pig type situation where you're getting headlines about Starbucks and Google and Amazon. But the reality is uh, we now have right to work for all government employees across the country and many of those people are exercising those rights. And so for every person gained uh, by Starbucks or McDonald's or any of these shops that they're unionizing, they're just losing thousands and thousands of people from these main public sector unions that have existed for a long time. Oh, and that's, that's a fascinating thing. And I know there are some things where we're just standing by. The president is expected to sign uh, the 
uh, I don't know. I, we, I always have to use air quotes, but that doesn't really work on radio. The Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which I don't think does much for inflation, mm-hmm. but uh, but there are some things in there about unions uh, and some of these uh, uh, investments requiring some of these uh, agencies and some of these organizations, if they want access, to, they have to hire union labor. Uh, have you had a chance to, to look at any of that? What does that tell us about uh, to what's actually going on? Yeah, there there are some things that uh, President Biden has done, which is mostly using the National Labor Relations Board to push union membership. Um, this is almost entirely they they really only have power in the private sector mm-hmm. side of things. Um, but yeah, making it more that if if you want government contracts, you have to pay union wage rates, which means that they're more encouraged to hire union labor. Um, and you do have those types of policy fights, and, and there were things that President Trump reversed uh, from President Obama, who had reversing from President Bush. Um, so that goes back and forth, but it's, it's really kind of pecking around the edges. Um, the reality is private sector union membership is going down, mostly with the changing of the economy. Public sector unionization is going down because uh, about 5 million workers now have the right to choose whether they want public sector union membership, and about and most of them have chosen not to be members of a union. Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting thing. Uh, again, regardless of, of your broader feeling about that, uh, seeing that uh, when employees have the opportunity to vote with their feet, so to speak, in terms of joining a union or not, uh, it, the numbers are, are clearly going one direction. Uh, have we seen any other implications or, or impacts, fallout, uh, from that decline in union membership? Is it changing the dynamics in terms of uh, of employment and benefits and those kinds of things? What, what kind of impact are we seeing? Um, I don't think there's been much on the uh, uh, salaries, benefits, compensation. Um, there's been some changes in political dynamics. So, mm. In the last decade, um, we, we really – there's lots of states went right to work, which meant they, they gave uh, union members a choice in union membership back in the 50s and 60s. And then there was kind of a lull, very, very little movement on that. And then the last decade, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, West Virginia, and Kentucky have all passed right to work laws. Um, that has made – those were all states that were longtime Democratic states. Um, up until 2010, and they swept in Republican legislatures at the time. I think that um, that has obviously cut off some of the political power for the Democratic Party and has made it a lot more competitive in their elections. Speaking as someone in Michigan, um, unions are the big player on the Democratic side in in elections, and losing uh, dues and money has made it a lot more of an even playing field. Yeah, and what do you <clears throat> what do you expect to see uh, rolling into the fall and into the midterms? Will this have uh, an impact? Obviously, it's going to be close. Uh, Republicans probably have a slight advantage uh, of taking the House. The Senate is still probably a fifty fifty toss up. Uh, any impact that you see in those any specific races uh, rolling into the fall? Um, unions are still, even though they've, they've lost membership, they, you're still talking about millions of people represented mm-hmm. by them, um, and they use those those dues um, in order to support candidates that they like, which tend to be Democrats about 95% of the time. Um, I think as more workers realize they have a choice in membership to the extent that they do, um, if they connect it to that their unions are supporting politicians they don't like, I think that could be a bad thing long-term for the unions. Um, If unions show that they're empowering workers or using their dues for things that the workers like, then, you know, Obviously, you can maintain membership as long as you're focused on that. But I think overall, 
if, if your workers have a choice in membership, you really want to be hyper-focused on bargaining and, and doing things that are directly related to their life rather than uh, focus on a lot of political activity that they might not agree with you on. Uh, that's a, that is such a great point. It's so easy to go to those big national issues. And if uh, unions are spending heavily on those big kinds of things as opposed to what is impacting locally and the, the issues that really matter to employees, uh, that's, a, that's a real game changer there for sure. Uh, Jared, thanks so much for joining us today. Jared's the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy in Midland, Michigan. Uh, Jared, appreciate your perspective today. Thank you. All right. Uh, great uh, perspective there from from Jarek Skorup. And uh, we're just standing by. We're watching the uh, the White House. The president is getting ready to sign a piece of legislation, again, focused primarily on climate, on health care, some tax reform. And uh, there is a big chunk in there that does deal with uh, unions and union labor and those uh, trying to get uh, contracts, particularly in the energy sector, uh, that they would have to be unionized in order to be eligible for some of those contracts. And again, some of that was in the fine print stuff. Some of that was in some of the debate that happened in the middle of the night uh, before this bill was passed by the Senate and then kicked on to the House. And uh, so we'll continue to watch that. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, we will watch for the president. And we also have a fascinating conversation that you do not want to miss. Ray Scott, the first black head coach to win NBA Coach of the Year. Uh, a great reformer, a great leader. My conversation with him is coming up as well. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.